0: Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis.
1: And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you were going to say that. <laughs> Happy Monday. <laughs> welcome in.
0: <laughs> How's yes, it going? Welcome. Welcome. It's going well. Um, you know, I feel like we're we're in like survival mode right now. There's just... So many things that happen all week long and then you get to the weekend and you just want to like, literally just sit on the couch and like,
1: (laughs) not do anything. (laughs) See, I want to do that all week, every
0: day. Well, I mean, yes, but I feel like my week is always bing, bing, bing. Like I'm always driving someone somewhere to some practice or whatever. And then, and it happens on the weekends too, but clearly you've got like more time all day. Mm. Anyway, true. Speaking of driving everyone places, I have a, a little a little ditty for you. Um, okay. The other <laughs> the other day we were in the car, I don't know where we were going, but clearly driving somebody somewhere and I had it was me and my middle guy and my little guy. <laughs> middle. <Okay>. Little. <laughs> and we were just about to pull out of the um, driveway and <laughs> <laughs> the little guy always takes like CDs, you know, cause we have a video player. So he's watching movies yeah. like all the time and back there. And he'll just like kind of put the CD and be like, okay, here you go, mom. You know, when it's time to switch it out. Or he asks me to eject and put it back in so that it'll start over, which he does with Space okay. Jam like 85,000 times. <laughs> Space <laughs> Jam, love that. <laughs> yes. He loves it. Anyway, the other day, He was trying to get my attention to, like, switch it out. And he goes, Alexa, (laughs) can you? (laughs) Oh, my. My thing is Did you just hear it? (laughs) Oh, I did. (laughs) She heard you. Stop listening. (laughs) I did say it kind of loud. But, and then he was like, I mean, like, almost immediately he was like, I mean, mom. And I was like, did you? And this oh. child uses it, you know, like he's in the bathtub and we have one in that bathroom and he'll be like, yes, hey, blah, 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 you know, and we in the basement.
1: <laughs> my kids GM out in the shower too. That is hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my new nickname. You know what's funny about it though? <laughs> uh, well, I, and I tell my kids all the time, cause you know, when you have little ones, it's mom, 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 mm-hmm. you know, just like 20 times a day. And I'm like, can you guys just like pick another name for me just for like one day? Just don't call me mom a hundred times a day for one day. And they're like, What do you want us to call you, banana? And so every now and then they'll be like, Banana. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it will be nice to be referred to as somebody else. (laughs) Yes, it's it's, it's possible. That is so funny. (laughs) i would die <laughs>
0: that is hilarious i think i think um two of us well we all did but he kind of stopped laughing after a while we, i was laughing easily for like 10 minutes as i was driving because i kept like remembering and just start laughing all over again i was like seriously
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is the most like generational thing i've ever heard like
0: what I, I know i remember i <laughs> Remember when I was little, I'd accidentally call my mom like my teacher's name or something, or I'd say "mom" to my teacher. You know, like right because those are the things you're saying, people you're talking to all the time. <laughs> yeah. But
1: yep, no, now it's I'll the other know. family member. That's not real. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But she tells anyway, jokes and plays so. music and gives us the weather and our horoscopes.
0: So <laughs> she's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> she is pretty great. <laughs> so, anyway. um,
1: also pretty great. What we wanted to update you guys on in our life that we're doing is Christy and I are watching a show together, which we do every now and then, and we are watching mm-hmm. The Watcher.
0: Yes. It's bananas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh,
0: um, No, I'm oh, sorry. Did you, so you were the one that told me we should watch it. Did somebody else tell you to, or did you just like oh, yeah. see it on the Netflix and say, okay, we've got to do this.
1: No, a couple of people wrote me specifically. And I think maybe somebody might have written on the podcast, Instagram or something that we needed to watch it, but it was like three or four people in a row because it just came out on like the 13th Mm -hmm. of October. And so it was like the 15th of October a flood of like, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. This is, you know, this is a new show. Have you watched it yet? People binged it in like days. So finally after like the third or fourth one, I was like, all right, we've got to watch the show. Let's just watch it together. And so we're so funny yesterday, we're like messaging and I'm like, okay, I'm watching episode three. And then Chrissy's like, shoot, I can't watch it for another hour. (laughs) So we're like trying to coordinate and then she, (laughs) we're watching it last night. Because then I needed to catch up and she was like, are you going to keep going? I was like, I can't keep going. It's late. My time. I got to go to bed. She's like, well, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) I'll catch up tomorrow. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) So it's crazy and we don't want to stop. No, I want to just keep going. I have two, two left, I think, because there's seven. So I have two left. Well, so me too.
1: No, I, no, I have three. So I got to get caught up to you today.
0: Yeah. Got to I'm go. very well.
1: <laughs> <to go laughs> watch the the go. Guys, I'll talk about it later. To... You finish this and show yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's I funny feeling... though to bring it full circle is there's, there's something Sorry. about um, me watching the watcher that sets off an Alexa in my house. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like what it's like one of the people talks apparently in a, she thinks they're talking to her and so i'm watching it and you know it's like kind of spooky and haunted and i was watching it yesterday and then all of a sudden alexis from my kid's bathroom was like the weather in north carolina today is and i was like oh stop listening (laughs) i wasn't asking you anything girl
0: (laughs) yeah that seems a little strange (laughs) it's happened several times Anyway, huh that's really weird because I listen or I watch right here in the living room and there's one. So, and I haven't had that happen. So, hmm, interesting. Well, maybe my house is haunted. I will go sage. <laughs> yeah, you should. Oh, oh. Speaking of sage, do you remember the post I sent you <laughs> on Instagram? Of uh, Yes. Yeah. It was a, the long, how a Long Islander. Sages, and it's like a bagel on a stick, and they're burning the bagel. That's <laughs> funny. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. It made me hungry, though. It made me want a bagel. Yeah.
0: I know. Bagels, mm, so good. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, getting off track here. Um, so, oh, well, I mean, do we have anything else? Do you have anything else going on besides no. watching The Watcher? mm no, and okay. if you guys have I mean, I feel it, like tell us. Yes, let us know, and we'll definitely maybe even talk about it on the next Patreon, like giving our maybe our opinion on it or something, because I feel like right now we can't, because we don't know the end. We don't know what's happening. We don't want to spoiler it for anybody, but we should definitely talk about our thoughts on it after. I'm down. Okay, cool. All right, well, I guess until then, I've got... A pretty tragic story for you so I don't know if you're ready oh um, I mean
1: it's what we do just hit me
0: Alexa okay, tell me go. the case <laughs> okay the case is just kidding here we go <laughs> This case was a suggestion from our friend Jackie on Instagram, and she happened to live in San Antonio and remembers this case when she was little, growing up. So that's why why I decided to do it. And just be warned that this case is an unsolved case. We all love those.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's in Texas.
0: It is in Texas.
1: Oh, I love Texas.
0: I know you love Texas, but it's a kid, so you probably wouldn't have loved it. Oh, good grief. Yeah. It's an unsolved kid case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. So this is the case of Heidi Lynn Seaman. I had never heard of it. So, um, and it's kind of like, it's a a weird case um, because there's just not a whole lot of stuff out there about it, but- I don't know. I feel like it could be solved. So let's get this out mm-hmm. there. Maybe some, someone will call in when we put another cool. out there. I don't know. Okay. So Heidi was born on November 16th, 1978 in Grand Forks, North Dakota to Teresa and Curtis Seaman. She was their second daughter. Heidi had an older sister named Heather who was two years older than her. Curtis was kind of like my family actually. <laughs> it's like yeah. almost the same. Like, I any. Mean, Two girls. Curtis was, yeah, two girls. I was in 78. My sister, well, she was two years, eight months older than me. So so, just so you know, to be exact. I was going to (laughs) say, just vaguely. (laughs) People ask us, how far apart are you? I'm like, two years, eight months. I don't know. Weirdo. So anyway. (laughs) Curtis is in the Air Force. And although it is not stated, I believe that he was stationed in Grand Forks. Um, And I don't have a timeline of when they moved, but they do end up moving to San Antonio, Texas, where he is also stationed during this time with the Air Force. He was a senior Air Force master sergeant in the military personnel center at Randolph Air Force Base. Not that that's important, but there's apparently a ton of military bases in Texas. I had no Mm -hmm. idea. I mean, maybe that's like well-known, but I had no idea. Heidi was said to have loved life, loved her friends, and was a pure joy to be around. She went to Stahl Elementary School, where she was on their jump roping team.
1: Oh, me too. Me too, I did.
0: You had a jump roping team?
1: Yes, we did. And I was so good.
0: I legitimately never knew that schools had jump roping teams.
1: I'm telling you, it was like 80s life to jump rope.
0: Well, I, I, used, know, to I used to jump rope
1: all the time.
0: Well, I did too, but like I didn't know there was a team. Well, we didn't yes. have teams, I have to say, unless I just was oblivious, but anyway. Yeah, we
1: definitely did and we were good and we had competitions and we did tricks and we had t-shirts. It was Did you awesome. double dutch
0: too? Yes.
1: Did you um, see me yes,
0: like- <laughs> I know I yeah. <laughs> I know how to do that. Yes. I do not. I, well, I don't think I've ever done it. I think I've tried, but I don't think I've ever successfully done it. I'm going to bring jump roping back.
1: I'm going to bring it back. Do it. Mark my words. Bet.
0: All right. (laughs) I believe. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So she was on the jump roping team. She had many aspirations, including being a writer, a veterinarian, and an artist. Clearly, she's a typical kid who's just like, I want to do this and I want to do this. I want to do this. You know, so she's, Mm -hmm. she really hasn't made her mind up yet, but she has like, wow, I could do all of these things. So on August 3rd, 1990, just as summer vacation was about to wrap up, Heidi went to her friend's house for a slumber party. The plan was for her to walk home the next day and her, she was supposed to be home by noon, the latest, according to her parents. Teresa and Curtis were out working in the garden that morning, and around twelve thirty, they were wondering, like, "Oh, wait a minute, it's twelve thirty. She's not home. That's not like her. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, go give the other family a call and see what happened." So they call, and they were told that she had left just before eleven o'clock to walk home. And from what I can tell, because I mapped this, it was about a fifteen-minute walk from the one girl's house to the other. It was just under a mile. And So she should have been there. Yes, she should have been there. I mean, even if you like dilly-dally a little bit and you're just kind of like walking real slow, if you left just before 11 and it's 1230, it it should not take you an hour and a half. I mean, at most, maybe 45 minutes, right? Yeah. So anyway, her friend walked with her to the halfway point, which would have been on Stall Road, and then they parted ways. And so she turned around and they both would have had to – like kind of walk on that same road a little bit. Like her friend would have turned around and walked on that road and then turned off and she would have continued on the same road and then turned off a little bit. So they would have been able to like see each other pretty much. And from what I can tell, it's basically mainly a residential area. So there's not really like stores on that street or anything. Well, at this time, what I can see on a map now, clearly I don't know what it was like back in 1990, but I don't know that they would have changed it. I feel like it should probably was a residential area then too. So anyway, Teresa and Curtis at this point know, okay, there's something wrong. She would have come home. So they immediately call the police. Police do obtain a statement from Heidi's friend and she told them that while they were walking, she had noticed, well, maybe they both had noticed a red car that had passed them a few times. And the last time it passed, it was going kind of slowly. Hmm. She described it yeah, as a shiny red car with tinted windows and a white stripe down the side. She said that there was a white or Hispanic man that looked to be about thirty to forty years old with short dark hair and a thick dark mustache. So she got a good description of the
1: car and she, the driver.
0: She did. She one hundred percent did. And but also like I feel like in the nineties that like described every guy. Like a well, dark mustache. <laughs> like, Dark hair, maybe. I don't know. But but she did. She did get a good description. She also mentioned that they had seen a boy that they both knew riding his bike on the same path. She said they walked halfway, and then when they went into their respective directions, not long after she had turned around, she – or, like, turned and started walking in her direction, she turned around to look at Heidi, and she was gone. So she, you know, just was walking, turned around. Hey, there's my friend. Nope. Friend's gone. So immediately, the entire community gathered to help look for Heidi. They had tracking dogs, helicopters, and horses. I didn't. Okay. I feel like this might be the first time we've heard a horse in the story. No, but.
1: no. We've no. had some searchers on horseback before, like in wooded oh. areas and stuff like that, and parks and different places. Yeah. Oh, well, that's true.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, they had horses too. The police learned that although Heidi was very sweet and kind, she was well trained in Stranger Danger. I believe I read or heard somewhere that she had actually taken some sort of like class in it and had been so well trained that she was at a level that she could train other kids in Stranger oh. Danger. Yeah. So basically they were her parents were like, she would not have gotten with a stranger. She would not have walked up to a car, she whatever. But police were rarely certain that it was somebody in a car that took her because simply because of how fast she disappeared basically into thin air from when she left Mm -hmm. her friend. So major Robert Eric Duncan, who had been Curtis's supervisor at the air force base immediately jumps into action, shows up at their house and was like, Hey, let's get some search parties started. Let's, let's figure this out. Let's find her. So he helps her. So after several days of searching and no leads, the mayor on August 11th declares, it find Heidi day. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, that, this so, is like a, this is what I'm talking about. Texas. I love Texas. Yeah. yeah. The community. I mean, including the mayor clearly. Um, And, and at that point they believe that they had that day, at least 8,000 people searching for Heidi over a 1200 mile area. So it was like, whoever was like in the reach of that find Heidi day was like out somewhere looking. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. They even had NBA players from the San Antonio Spurs that were helping with the search. And they were like on news art, you know, um little clips that I saw online and it was just like, we just want to help out. But I think it was um yeah. David Robinson and Willie Anderson. I recognized a face. I just don't recognize those names, but I did yeah. recognize it. David Robinson's face. That's so
1: neat. Man,
0: I bet it whoever was, has
1: yeah. her was sweating.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm, for sure. So it really hit this whole community really hard. Oh, even the local grocery store. Well, I, I know I call it a local grocery store because I think it's like a Texas-based one. H-E-B. I don't know. I've never heard of it. But anyway, they put up a $5,000 reward for information that would lead to Heidi's safe return. Nice. And also just parents at this time. I mean, you remember, this is the 90s. We were just like allowed to just go and do and whatever. But the parents in this community were like, nope, I'm not letting you guys out of my sight. You can't go. You've got to be home by a certain time. You know, They were really cracking down on their kids because they were scared. They're like, this doesn't happen here. What's happening? Right. So during the time that Heidi was missing, her family did get some prank calls from people that were saying that they were the one who took her or that they had killed Heidi and they were going to come back and kill other members of the family. Oh, unfortunately, that's Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't that awful? Just, I mean, why? No reason. There's no reason for you to do this. Don't do that. Especially of course, to a family
1: that's hysterical already.
0: I know. And you're impeding this investigation because clearly they're going to, like, take them seriously and look into it. And so now you're using resources. And then they mm-hmm. find out that they're prank calls. And they're all false claims made by juveniles. Hmm. So apparently, the, according to all the stuff that they were found and dealt with, but it's just sad that they think that they should act in this way. And unless you have real information for a family, stay out of it. Like, just leave it alone. Yeah,
1: pray for so them, how about? Go help search. Yeah, exactly.
0: Be a yeah, good get human. Get out there. Ride your bike and look for Heidi. So weeks go by and they have no leads and Heidi is nowhere to be found. Then on August 23rd, 1990, Seven year old Erica Botello was outside playing in her apartment complex, which they made it seem to be a lot closer in some of the articles. But when I looked at it on a map, it looks like it's like 25 miles and it's like on the other end, like where Heidi lived, it was a little bit north of like San Antonio, like downtown San Antonio. And this is like south and west, or yeah, south and west of San Antonio. So about 25 miles away. Her father was outside with her and ran inside for a minute and when he came back, Erica was gone. And oh, when no. police came to que- yeah. And when police came to question others in the complex, there was another seven-year-old neighbor that was looking out her window watching Erica play. Could you imagine? She's like, I'm not allowed to go outside, so I'm gonna watch this little girl <laughs> outside playing. <laughs> so oh. sad. Um, anyway, she saw her talking to a man. But then she walked away from her window to go do something or whatever, and when and she heard a scream, because I guess her window must have been open, came back to the window, and both Erica and this man were gone. So there's that that's happening 20-some days later. He- Heidi's family rallied around Erica's family to try and support them and help them in their search, because they knew what it was like to have a little girl all of a sudden just vanish into thin air. air. So yeah. They came out scary. Home. I'm scared for them. It is scary. I know, I know, me too. Well, you have a reason to be so. On October 25th, 1990, a man found the body of a young girl on a rural country road in Wimberley, Texas, which is about 60 miles from Heidi's home and two counties away. The body was so decomposed that they could not identify her. But she was later identified to be Heidi. Yes. Less than 24 hours later on August 26th, an 18-year-old airman was completing basic training nearby. And he was down in a storm drain where he came across the body of 7-year-old Erica. And he was so taken aback by what he saw that he, like, backtracked out of that storm drain and, like, ran to get help. And she was only yards away from her house.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Mm -hmm. Now that's three days later. And clearly this is weeks later for Heidi. So it was found rather quickly, but the medical examiner that worked on Heidi's case said her body was so decomposed that they cannot definitively state the cause of death. And, but it's listed as a homicide and based on how they found her and they believe that she was strangled or suffocated by a gag that was also found near her remains. <clears throat> she was likely killed within 48 hours of going missing. She was not wearing the clothes that she was last seen in. She had a long sleeve nightgown on and no underwear. I don't know if it was a nightgown that was hers or not. That was not mm-hmm. stated anywhere, but I know that she was not wearing what she had been last, because she didn't walk home in her nightgown.
1: Right. Right.
0: There was a brown sock with duct tape found near her, which they assumed was used as a gag. She was wrapped in a white blanket covered with two brown trash bags taped together with yellow rope tied around those bags. They were unable to determine if she had been sexually assaulted. Her wrists were tied with rope behind her back, though, and there was a white washcloth found in her sleeve, and the dirt and plant debris that was under her had hairs in it and carpet fibers in it.
1: Oh my, that's horrific.
0: This poor baby. Yeah, these poor babies. Mm-hmm. Babies, yeah. Um and I do know that it was stated in a few places that um Erica was also found with her arms bound behind her. So, anyway, but there is there's not a whole lot of information on Erica's case. It actually has been stated that the family, I mean, although initially coming out in news on news um programs like asking for her safe return, since has basically not really wanted it out in the media and just wants it to be kind of left alone and doesn't want it to keep being brought up. So there's not a whole lot out there. But in everything that you read, both of these cases are talked about in the articles. Hmm. So that's why I decided I needed to mention it. So they do have connected them. They actually have not connected them. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. Um, Except for the fact that Heidi's parents really jumped in to try and help Erica. And then days after the two girls were found, the families had joint funerals for them. So
1: wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, I feel like it was just connected because the families grew close during this time. But hmm. and I feel like initially they did think maybe there was a connection because it two young girls, however many miles apart, found bound, whatever. But as I'm about to say, the cases were determined to be unrelated at some point. Hmm. I'm not sure of the details of this, why they found it unrelated, but it is stated multiple times and police just want to solve both of these horrific crimes. There are three arrests made in Erica's case. The man that she had been talking to was later identified as 17-year-old Roderick Springs and he was arrested with 31-year-old Kenneth Earl Pope and 32-year-old Sherman Bedford. And I'm unable to find anything. Like I said, there wasn't a whole lot out there about Erica's case in general, but why those three were connected and brought in mm-hmm. and all three arrested. I'm like, I have no idea. They're cousins or are they what? I have no clue. Okay. But in the end, two of them were no billed by the grand jury. Have you ever heard that? No. Yeah, I hadn't either. And I was like, I have to look this up because I've no. it's like just stated in the article as if everyone knows what that means. But anyway, it means that they found no – the grand jury found no probable cause to charge the men. So two of them – Okay this happened with. The third had made a confession, but that confession was found to be inadmissible due to his deficient mental state. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So also Also, we we have
1: definitely heard of this no build thing. They arrested them and charged them, but then they
0: were not indicted. Yes. I guess that's what it means. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, isn't the grand jury where you get indicted? Yes. Yes, yeah, So that's, yeah. So yeah, there weren't indicted. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they did arrest them, charge them. But then when, yes, the grand jury got a hold of it. So yeah. So we've heard of it. We've heard of this happening. I've just never heard the term no build mm-hmm. being used. Yeah. Me either. So. Okay. So basically investigators have said that there is no information or evidence to suggest that anyone other than these three people could have killed Erica. And so this case is actually considered closed by arrest but they just have no evidence to prove it.
1: Wow, that's sad. Okay.
0: What I'm gathering is that they're no longer looking into it. They know that this maybe, I mean, unless they're just trying to gather that evidence, but they're not looking into anybody else. They believe these are the people that did it, and they just don't have any way of proving it. Okay. Okay. So now let's go back to Heidi's case. There were two suspects that investigators looked into, and the interesting part about this case is the one – One was looked into by the San Antonio police and the other was looked into by the military. So the police department and the military did not agree on who did committed this crime. So Major Robert Eric Duncan became the prime suspect in the military's eyes.
1: Oh, he was a military man. Yeah, he was Curtis's
0: superior, like, uh, supervisor,
1: Wait, he's the one who came and was like, "I got mm-hmm. this." Oh, yep, I got you. Let
0: me help you out. Whatever, yep. And San Antonio Police Department and Hayes County, which is the county that like Heidi was found found in, they had separate open cases for it because one she was found in and one she lived in, or you know she was taken from, and neither one of them ultimately believed that he had had anything to do with it, so they like dropped that. Dropped looking into him. So anyways, well, the military basically thought he was guilty because of how quickly he inserted himself and inserted himself in all aspects of the case. And so Mm -hmm. they felt like, hmm, this seems a little suspect that he wants to be around everything. The other reason was because someone else that worked with them had said that they heard Major Duncan threaten to get even with Curtis over a dispute at work. Apparently, complaints had been made against Major Duncan and the work work environment that he created. So this led to him being transferred to another base. His last day at Randolph was August 3rd, the day before Heidi went missing, and the first day that he was supposed to report to the new base was August 6th. So he had those, like, three days there where he, you know, was not like – he wasn't on leave. I'm sure it was just like a weekend. But interesting that it happened right when she Hmm. disappeared.
1: That is interesting. But that seems a little bit dramatic for him to be like, we're having work problems and not getting along, so I will kidnap and murder your daughter. Yes.
0: It does seem like a big stretch.
1: Right. I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying like – I don't think I mean I have had bosses that I've not gotten along with and I don't think they would murder my children, but
0: No, exactly. But the complaints were um in the work environment that he's creating, so I don't know if maybe he's like an angry person and he, you know, that's hmm. why they're jumping well, that's to true. it. I don't know specifics on why he it had to be something serious for them to say, Well, you can no longer work here and we're moving you not serious enough to kick him out of the military, I guess. But Right. Got it. Okay. Also, he had a car that matched the description given, and he matched the description of the man driving the car. <laughs>
1: he had a, yes. a creepy mustache.
0: Did have a creepy mustache. <laughs> oh
1: man, and a car with a pinstripe.
0: Yeah. So, Curtis, Heidi's dad was all for the military proceeding with looking into Major Duncan cuz clearly he just wants you know, his child's murderer to be brought to justice. So, and he clearly no love loss either. I mean, granted, the man helped, but there was obviously issues between them at work. So, anyway.
1: And that's weird too that if there were issues and he did get him kicked out of his post or his job or whatever and moved to a different place, you would think that that guy would be like still keeping distance. So, that is weird that right. he did come in like a white knight. I'm sure that Curtis, the dad, was probably like, What are you doing here? We're not friends. Huh. Right. Okay, exactly. okay.
0: So that's why I believe they jumped to that, like, well, he's inserting himself pretty heavily into this, and they're not, like, besties or anything. So, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So it took a few years, but in May of 1996, the military charged him with murder. Following an Article 32 hearing, which apparently is the military's equivalent to a pretrial preliminary hear- hearing to determine if there's enough evidence to go to trial. Mm-hmm. He um, that was happened in September of 1996. The charges were dropped because they had insufficient evidence.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Many believe that he is the right person, but they've just been unable to prove it. And Duncan says that once the FBI got involved, that he took an FBI polygraph and passed it with flying colors. But the FBI does not corroborate this or deny it because they don't comment ever on open investigations. So. Mm-hmm. We can't determine if that's true, but he says he took it um and I do want to note that this was under the military justice system, and he was never charged on this under civilian courts you know okay the other suspect was jerry lee neighbor na- <laughs> I don't think it's neighbor nabor n a b o r
1: n a b neighbor it is neighbor
0: yeah. It is neighbor, but I, yeah, he's not he's not a neighborly person. Um, Oh, he was the guy that the San Antonio Police Department liked for this case, and there's very little about Jerry out there. But he had been arrested before for drugs, and his car also matched the description given. But he was cleared when DNA tests came back negative to matching his. So, what? we have DNA. I, I know. This is what I'm talking about. Like, there's not a lot out. So I'm like, so is there DNA that matches Major Duncan and nobody's saying anything? But how do they not have that to, like, prove that he did it then? Or is it inconclusive so they don't want to mm. talk about it? Because it's never mentioned with Major Duncan stuff. Hmm. Never. But it is mentioned with him.
1: Which is okay.
0: Really strange. It is really weird. So, because we also have those – remember I said that she was found with the dirt and stuff under underneath her had carpet fibers in it. Right. And hair. It could have been hers. But anyway, so I've no – literally have no idea what DNA is out there and why that. How huh. they proved it, wasn't it. So this is a frustrating case. T- t- definitely would not have been one that I would have just been drawn to had it not been for a listener that was like, hey, I remember this when I was little. Okay. So – Anyway, one of the good things that came out of this terrible tragedy is that the Heidi Search Center was started in August of 1990, literally the month that she went missing. Her family and a bunch of other people in the community started this center. And it's a center that provided support and resources to families of missing children and adults. This center was open until 2018 when it unfortunately had to close down due to lack of funding which is very sad because in the 27 years that it was open, they had 4,000 cases go through that office. 98% of those people were located and 94% were located alive. Wow. So they did a really good thing, a really good job of helping, and but they had lack of funding and so they had to close down, which was super That's sad nice. for to me. But the family is very proud of the center and the good that it did for the community while it was open. Just a little side note, he- Heather, Heidi's sister, passed away unexpectedly in 2019 at the age of 14 and without ever knowing who her sister's killer was. I know. So very oh sad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. they The family had moved to Florida at, sometime after her killing, and I'm assuming it was probably a transfer for the military, but I don't know for sure. And her sister got degrees from um, a university in Florida. I don't know if it was Florida State or University of Florida. It was one of those big ones. Um, And ended up moving back to San Antonio. She said it was a really hard decision for her, but she felt like she was being drawn to that. And she was really glad she did and looked forward to being more involved in the center. But then I don't know what happened. It was unexpected. They said in 2019 she passed. So. Um, <clears throat> there is a, still a debate over which suspect committed the crime, but most believe they know who did it on both sides <laughs> and oh. they just don't have enough evidence to bring charges against them. So this case still remains unsolved. And if anybody has any information on it, they can contact the San Antonio police department or call in crime stoppers. And I will post all of that information in our
1: show notes. Okay. So the military thinks it's the military guy.
0: I and think so, but
1: the cops thinks it's the neighbor guy.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because the, the cops-, cops cleared him, so that's confusing. I know. Me. Yeah, it's just it's out there that the that they believe one of these two people did it. Everyone. Hmm. everyone, not everyone, most people out there believe that one of these two people did it, and they just can't prove it. And but so I I don't know. Somebody knows something.
1: Somewhere. Well, yeah, that so is going to take terribly- it to their grave. I hope not. I know. So the military guy is just going about his military career normal.
0: I actually – I'm not – I thought about this actually this morning and I meant to go look and I forgot. Um, I don't think so. I don't think he's in the military anymore. I think after this they they let him go or discharged him or whatever. But I'm not 100% sure on that. But I vaguely remember hearing that. Or maybe he just was
1: like, well, you guys think that I murdered a kid, so I better go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Like bowed out. Right. Yeah. Why would you want to work for people who saw that you murdered a kid? <laughs> right. So, Oh, my gosh. That's sad. That's a really sad case. I don't I like that at all. I don't. I didn't either. It was. It is sad, just because it's unsolved. It's a little girl. I did get a lot of my information from because, like I said, it's basically it's one of those cases where you look it up and it's like the same article over and over again, and you're like, oh, how do I dig and get more from this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's and a because podcast. nobody went
1: to trial. There's no court documents or evidence mm-hmm. released or anything like that.
0: And it's unsolved, so I feel like they hold back stuff from Heidi's because you know they don't want everything out there, and and Erica's family doesn't want hers out there. So I'm sure that everyone's just respecting her privacy. But um, I listened to a podcast that I don't remember what year it was. It started. It's very very small. He was a writer for a paper in San Antonio, and him and his wife decided to start this pod- podcast called the, uh, excuse me, called the Rap Sheet. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's very scripted. You can tell. Okay. like She'll be like, and why do you think they did that? <laughs> like, or whatever, and ask him questions. And it's just funny. Mm-hmm. They're su- super cute. But he was a reporter at the time during this case. And so he had a lot of interaction with the family. He had a lot of interaction with the police. He had a little bit more information. That's where I got some, a lot of the extra information that I found from his, from his podcast episodes that he did on that. His first two episodes were on the Heidi case. Okay. And so I got some, but definitely in a funny little, it, I think <laughs> they have like seven episodes and then they gave up on it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of work. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Anyway. Well, that was sad. Um. Yeah, that's really sad. Unsolved, two little ones. I don't like it. Especially don't like it if there's a military person involved. I do like Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sounds like they did a good thing with Heidi's legacy, which is awesome. So her parents seem great. They actually really do seem great. They're going through this crazy tragedy of not knowing where their daughter is, and then they wrap their arms around another family. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, our support to them, and then they do it to the community at large, and that's awesome. Right. Yeah. So I hope that I could – I would hope I would be that type of person as well in the same situation.
0: Yeah. I think we would be personally. No, no,
1: I think I would just cry a lot and be unconsolable and – no, I would not do well. Okay. <laughs> I
0: don't think. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> if I'm really thinking about it, I would be a hot mess and that would pretty then much I'll be. I'll come where alongside it.
0: you and and do that for the <laughs> That'd be great. See balance.
1: Yeah. I okay. love that for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for delving in. Thank you for telling such a frustrating, sad story. I enjoyed hearing about Heidi and Erica and their families and hearing you talk about them. So thank you very much. Thank you, listener, for suggesting the case. And we appreciate you guys. And we'll be back next Monday for another one. So if you like what you hear, got to hit that subscribe button and come back next week. Um, Tell us what you think on social media. Send us an email. We love to hear from you guys. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.